Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. I'd like to make a small announcement that near the end of the episode, there's a little bit of weirdness with our audio. Something happened during our recording, and while nothing's missing, it does sound a little weird. So apologies for that, and thank you for listening. So, last mm. time, mm-hmm. uh, Lark departed from the party, which the party still hasn't found out, <laughs> and Foresight was... Taken who knows where by a strange creature. Adira and Clint shared a lot of background information without saying much. And, uh, well, the group was about to reconvene at the Stacked Dish Inn. And so we'll go back to that with uh, Leaf and Brock returning to the inn. Uh, well, how long were uh, Leaf and Brock gone in the morning? Ah, that's a good question. I should actually factor that, shouldn't I? Uh, two hours, we'll say. Two whole hours. Damn. I think that's long enough for Riley to want to at least check up on Lark a little bit. All right. Prior to them returning, you go upstairs to Lark's room. Mm-hmm. And you notice that the door is... Not like it's not ajar as in like it's actually open, but you notice that it is not like latched or completely shut. Curious. Riley still knocks. There is no answer. Of course not. Riley will open the door. The room is bereft of Lark's things and the window is open. The only thing that stands out really is a piece of parchment laid out on the bed. So, uh, me as a player, I'm, uh, I'm stuck between two things. Uh, reading out the letter or letting it remain a mystery. Kind of like the fucking suitcase in um, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> What's but, in the box? Uh, I, I feel like it's a duty to read this out for the rest of the crew. Anyways, did, uh, did uh, Richard actually write this or did you scribble it, Sean? He wrote it. Okay, okay, yeah, then I'll definitely read it. There so, are capital letters and punctuations. You know Sean didn't write it. That's super legit. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Riley will, like, hesitantly walk into the room, looking around, then noticing the letter, will uh, walk over and uh, read it to himself. And the letter reads, I'm sorry to leave you like this, but the curse I bear is too dangerous for me to be around people for whom I care. It is a mistake I wish not to repeat. Fate has given me a chance to hunt the thing that did this to me and my clan, and I intend to take it. 
If I ever find the opportunity to contain my curse, I promise to seek you all out, that we may continue our adventure. You've all shown me kindness I shall never forget. With sorrow, Lark. And uh, Riley rereads that and then folds the piece of paper and will uh, stuff it into his journal for safekeeping until he can share it with the rest of his allies. And he mutters something about the party being reduced to four, a tree man and a cat, and wondering what the correct terminology for this group of people is at this point. And then as he's walking out of the room, he closes the door behind him and smiles and says, oh good, Lark took that fucking ring with him. Great. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes Somewhere back to the distance. Hey man, where'd all those other guys go? <laughs> Fucking dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be the best bullet dodge <laughs> I've ever seen in a game. This Not is only. the second character that has received that ring. And then immediately left the game. That's hilarious. Hey, uh, Sean, maybe you should get rid of that ring for future games. Just just saying, if you want to keep players around. I smell a conspiracy. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> smells like debation. <laughs> the pork chops? Is that what that smells like to you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Leaf. Actually, Adira, are you doing anything in particular? Um, probably not. Okay. Uh, so, Leaf, Brock, you return to the inn. Uh, Riley, I think you'll have already done this and gone back downstairs. So, Riley, where's Lark? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm... Uh, uh, Riley will smile over as uh, Leaf and uh, Brock probably take a seat. And he says to the remainder of his companions, I went to check up on Lark this morning and found his room, his belongings, empty. Gone. In their place, I found but this note. He pulls the note from his journal, unfolds it, and uh, lays it out on the table. What's it say? Well, it says, I'm sorry to... I'm not going to read it again. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, read... Well, okay. Riley will read the note again. I, Chris, am not going to read the note out loud again. <laughs> but um, it, it seems that our company has indeed been reduced to a crew or a squad. Lark will no longer be traveling with us. I'm still of the opinion that Bach should count. He is a person. This can't be a coincidence. Two of our member in, in the span of one day? It does seem curious. I admit. But perhaps it is just coincidence. Brock, you uh, and Adira, you both met with Keaze uh, outside. Did you pick up on any uh, antagonistic vibes from the man. I myself seem to uh, pull from his interactions with Lark something non-antagonistic. 
Well, I had only met him for the brief moment at the end of the conversation, so I do not know much about him. I think they're both searching for answers. Neither of them even knew who laid a curse on them, much less how to be rid of it. And it, it seems like in Lark's case, everybody he knew was destroyed because of it, so I'm sure that's quite important to him. Yes, and that does seem to be what this note conveys. It's very unfortunate that I didn't have the opportunity to understand himself and his past more. So now what? I suppose we we have to continue. Yeah, um, I think Clint plans to leave out in the morning to head on the starlight. Well, I do hope that my condition doesn't worsen from its current standpoints. I am feeling slightly fatigued today, admittedly. Did you did you find the medicine for him? Uh, we we did uh, stumble across some fortune out there in the woods. Uh, I have enough material to make two doses, and uh, some more of the sleeper's leaf. The medicine that will make him sick, the way it did Nina. Yes. So should we check Foresight's room for the medicine he was making for Nina? I suppose that's a good idea. It doesn't feel right going through his things, but uh, we, we must press on. I agree. I can't say I'd be able to make heads or tails of any medicine he was working on, but whatever he left behind is worth taking with us instead of just leaving it here, I suppose. Well, if we don't take it with us, somebody else will surely take it with them. Oh boy, Sean, we go and loot Foresight's room. Uh, I think he did grab his bag and thus has most of his stuff with him. There will be a single basic alchemy kit, as well as uh, two processed sod roots and 13 more raw sod roots, uh, which I've already added to Leap's inventory. Oh, okay. So this is everything you need to take care of Riley after he's taken the medicine that'll make him sick? I believe so. Okay. Uh, my condition aside, how do the rest of you intend to spend your day? Well, actually, I wanted to talk to you, well, you and Brock now explain some things to you um, and it it might be beneficial if Leaf's not busy for him to be around for the conversation is he might actually be able to offer y'all a little insight into what I have to say sure I, I can uh, work on the alchemy and talk I suppose yes by all means I'm always open for stories I figured with everything that's been going on, it's probably not a good idea to keep people in the dark. So I was going to explain my ability to them. And since you have experienced it firsthand, you could tell them better than I what that's like for the person on the other side. I have psychic powers, um, I suppose, from my time in Abaddon. It's the reason I don't touch people because if I touch you, I will see into your past and you will see into mine. And 
be able to pick up on each other's emotions. And Adira, this is just based on touch. Yes. I mean, I can do other things as well that don't require me to touch people. But yeah, even something as simple as a handshake can set it off, which is the reason I avoid casual contact with people. So this is involuntary then? You can't control it? I don't control it. And it's not like 100% guaranteed it will happen every time. Um, Sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it takes a while. As she said... uh... I experienced this uh, sight firsthand. It's certainly intense. Delving through memories that don't belong and through your own past, is, it's strange. But it seems that, that my perspective was somewhat tainted by uh, Taraxis's presence. I'm beginning to understand that, though, I think, Leaf. Oh, have you learned anything new? Okay. He has spoken about timelines, about Forsyth's timeline disappearing. And he was able to see precisely when it would be safe to get in the house to get loot for Lark and whatnot. He knows precisely when to show up to jump into certain conversations. I believe he's a time traveler. That's the reason he appeared in those memories where you knew he hadn't been previously. Well, that explains why he was he was there, but uh, still doesn't explain what exactly he wants with us. Honestly, if I had to take a guess, the last vision I saw trying to read into your future, where something happened in Starlight, I think perhaps whatever's going to happen is something that he wants to see from different perspectives. Because he says that since we're marked, he can find us. It's much, much harder for him to look for foresight because he doesn't have a mark to go to. I think he was trying to mark people that are going to be around for this event, maybe, so that he can see from their perspective what happens. Interesting. Um, if, if I could ask something real quick. You told us a moment ago that you can see past, that you just mentioned seeing his future. Mm-hmm. Can you see both? Typically, I only see into people's past, but I had contact with him while I was trying to read his palm and divine his future. And so I got visions from that as well. So are these experiences troubling to you when you see them? I spent a very, very long time in Abaddon living in fear, and it troubles me to cause other people to feel fear. And most people are fearful when it happens, either because they don't understand it or because what they see of my memories of Abaddon frighten them. I don't want other people to know any more fear than they absolutely have to in this life. Well, unfortunately, I think fear is just a natural thing. It's hard to avoid feeling fear. That's true, but... There's no reason that I should cause it for others. And they're already frightened me a lot of times simply because of the way I look. So there's no reason to make it worse. Well then, Adira, it's all the more important that you remain in the company of allies. People you can perhaps call friends. Because there are those of us 
who do not fear you. And even if you are to brace us, and even if we do fear your history or your past, that is something I'm sure anyone standing here would be willing to endure for your company. I still don't want to... I don't know. It seems invasive to look into other people's history, see things they might not want shown. True, but it's also a curse not to be able to touch others. That's what the gloves are for. As long as it's not bare skin contact, it, it seems to be okay. But if push comes to shove and something's going on and you absolutely need it, I can use can use these abilities to, to try to help. Noted. It's good to have a slightly stronger understanding of where you're coming from and what you're capable of and the things you're dealing with. I was not aware of this. Well, Leaf said something to me that, that's made me think. Because when I first sat down with him, it seemed he was a bit intimidated by me because I withheld so much. So I decided that I needed to change that. Well, with everything going on, it, it is definitely helpful to have at least something be a little more understood and grounded. But anyway, that's that's me. I'm the big weirdo in the rooms now, so... Oh, Adira, look at our party. You're not the big weirdo in the room. We're all quite strange. Yes, I'm sure Riley takes that title for himself. <laughs> you think I'm the weirdest, Brock? I think you think you're the weirdest. Yes, that does sound fitting, doesn't it? Hmm. I feel that if there's a title, you feel that it should be fitting to you. Are you implying that I think all titles are fitting for Riley Morheim? That I am I am saying it is. That is not a concept. Does that make him the new Queen Adira? I would love to be a queen. Brock, we have to go find him a crown. Maybe may yes, maybe we should we should crown our new queen. <laughs> Riley's just chuckling to himself. We could buy you one made of metal. I'm sure Leaf could make you one out of out of some kind of sticks or leaves oh leaf you can breed some like braid some vines together or something and make him a, a really pretty crown with flowers in it flower crown certainly yes yes riley morheim queen of riley morheim squad well um speaking of that i do believe leaf had a suggestion for the name as well lobby's company Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Leaf, I do not believe you can get top billing. Um, we can circle around to this in the future, perhaps, but... I, I thought we just referred to our group as the Hobby Lobby. Uh... <laughs> well... Your suggestion has been noted. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really interested in this because I've never had a group name themselves in my in one of my games before. Well, it it was the the concern over the name of the group was was brought up to me uh, earlier, and uh, I made the suggestion of referring to us as uh, the Morheim Guild. Uh, it's more ambiguous as as far as population of, of membership. Uh, but it also does suggest some kind of official capacity. 
makes us sound like we know what we're doing. Oh, we absolutely know what we are doing. We have plans. <laughs> we definitely have plans. Oh, um, did I did I miss the briefing on these plans? I, I wasn't told of the plan. Uh, yes. Yeah, step one, make me feel better. Step two, go to Starlight. Step three, I don't know. Step four, profit. <laughs> uh, well, once we get to Starlight, we have to go back to the church, remember, with the wood, the lumber? Yes, yes, that's a sub-step of the prophet step. Well, should we give Riley the medicine now so that maybe the worst of the ill effects will be over with before we have to travel tomorrow? I would very much like to rid myself of any potential diseases before we start traveling. Is that doable, Leaf? Well, uh, that's mostly dependent on uh, Mr. Morheim's constitution, uh, but I can certainly aid in that endeavor. Yes, well, Leaf, Riley holds out his arms. Consider my body yours to play with. Okay, I think it's time for me to leave. I, too, will uh, leave the two of you to debate the, uh, the circumstances of this administration of medicine. Everybody rev up their fan fiction. Is there anything you need done, Riley, while Leaf is playing with your body? Well, it sounds vulgar while you put it like that. But no, I'll have matters I'll need to take care of myself later today. I would um, much more prefer the two of you to tie up any loose ends that you have or that you would like to focus on. I would look to Adira. Do you have any loose ends that you need to tie up before we leave? I have a glass of brandy downstairs that I didn't finish. <laughs> well, that is certainly something that needs to be finished. I, on the other hand, uh, should probably go clear my head, and I have found a shrine outside of outside of town that uh, I feel I should go and find myself for at least a short period of time. Okay, well, do me a favor and don't vanish. I will try my hardest. I, I can make no promises. How hard is his hardest? Sean has a valid question. Sean, please repeat the question. How, how hard is Brock's hardest? Brock's hardest is medium soft. Brock hard! There we go! <laughs> <laughs> Way to fucking redeem yourself, man. Good. I did it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, I will go drink brandy and let <laughs> Leaf and uh, Riley play with each other. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that shrine that's outside of town, meditate for a little bit, and then work on my little necklace and right. thing. Uh, go ahead and make me a uh, chariz- or no, make me a wisdom check while you're there. Me? A wisdom yeah. check? Okay. Yeah. And I was sort of make saying charisma. I was really confused. Ooh! Ooh! Solid four. Okay. Your prayers go as normal. Um, I would pray, though, like, as I'm praying, I would pray to Torag for the, uh, essentially the safety of Lark and Foresight, wherever they are. Okay. And then I will, uh, I will also pray to Desna for our travels as we are going to be traveling soon. Alright. Leaf, you prepare the wolf's bane for 
Riley. It doesn't take like a special check or anything. It's just making it into a more eatable thing than a random plant you pulled out of the ground. <laughs> and Riley, you have to accept the first bout of the poison. So could I uh, interrupt very briefly and uh, make sure that I've got the guidance cantrip prepared so he can get another plus one to his saving throw? Yes, of course. Then I would love to do so. You mean resistance, right? Resistance? Uh, Either one. Well, I yeah, guidance, guidance gives a plus one on saving throws. Does or it really? a single saving throw. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Don't... And it's technically a new day, so if you want to do both, you can. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. let's do it. Okay. Uh, which of your three regular preps do you want to drop? Because you can prepare uh... four. Okay, how do I... Is it the ones with the circles next to them? Yes. Yeah, so guidance... Uh, I don't need mending, so I'll, I'll just okay. do resistance. And then I don't right. need purified food and drink. I probably shouldn't have had that from the beginning anyway. Alright. So there you go. I... So there's, you get a plus two on, on all of that. And you're just leaving an open slot for preparation later? Uh Oh, I, I do have four slots, so uh, I'll do detect magic, I guess. Okay. That's a good one. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Leaf. Do you do you have skill ranks in the heal skill? Do. Would you Would you like to give me medical attention? I mean, when you Help ask me that with nicely. This disease. I already offered you my body, man. Uh, like... <laughs> play, play in doctor. Yeah. That's a net one. So I. I... <laughs> you can't fucking believe you. <laughs> as long as Leaf's been alive, he's this bad at playing doctor. Yes. You know, it's it's really strange uh, coincidence here, Riley. I I know I was just checking for a heartbeat, but uh, it seems you have some weird polyps on your colon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even polyps. You just found out that Riley, for some reason, really likes rubbing blackberries on his ass. <laughs> well, it's, this is really streaky. <laughs> All right, so uh, you do Fuck. still have to take the first uh, bout of poison uh, yeah, for it to be effective. It's super fucking so, neato. <laughs> uh, you, you take two con damage, which great, are good. Your sheet, good. Yeah, you do that. You you do that. This is this is good. This is going exactly as I wanted. And I need you to make me a fortitude save. Okay. So let's see. So you applied the the con damage to me already. So my fortitude save yes. is just what it currently is. I'm getting a plus two from the spells that uh, leaf threw on me. Correct. All right. Then I'm going to use uh, charmed life to add my charisma mod to the saving throw as well, which gives me a total All of right. plus five. Okay. Let's do some magic. Okay. Well, I think this is like the fourth time I rolled a two today. Uh, so that's a seven. All right. I need you to go ahead and make me another fortitude save. This one's against the poison. Okay. Um, I'm not planning to use, hopefully, to get many more saving throws today. So I'd like to use my second of three charmed lives to get another plus two for a total of plus three on this one. Okay. And you can keep the plus two because since they're cantrips and oh. the poison only hits once a minute. So, well, great. I imagine so, you just keep bolstering you. This one's significantly better at a total of 23. All right. Uh, you will cure from the poison. Neat. 
Nice. So. Fucking. It fucks Good. you up the first minute, and then, and then you're like, eh, I'm okay. I'm terrible, but I'm okay. Yeah, that stuff doesn't taste great. And I would like to point out that you have absolutely no idea whether it worked or not. Yeah, that's fair. We're going to have to wait until tomorrow. Well, actually, to figure out whether or not it worked, we're going to have to wait until there's a full moon. Or actually, no, that's not even how it works here. We're going to have to wait until some ambiguous event turns you into a rare creature or not. Well, it's still in the, the uh, disease phase, right? I have uh, two more days, I believe, before it actually becomes a curse or sets in as a curse. Correct. Right. So if I don't feel any better by tomorrow, we'll just repeat, rinse and repeat the process and hope I don't fuck up the important save again. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> if there is nothing in particular that y'all need to do for the rest of the day or want to do, uh, I will make it the next day. I got a 10 to sculpt that thing. What does that do? That, um, not you don't fuck it... up. No, you don't fuck up, but it's... Uh, it's, it's not in progress. Right. Yeah. You can try again tomorrow. Okay. Hey, Sean, I have a question. That that ability I have that lets me roll a d20 and save it for use anytime in my turn? Yeah. Does it apply to other people, too, or just me? Uh, Just you, I believe. I will double check on that right quick. Okay. It's only you. Hey, does that rock still make a noise for me when I gather power? Uh, yeah. It, it's it's not like it's louder and inherently than your gather power, but yeah, you can still hear it. it. It is fainter than it was when you were at the shrine, though. Okay. Uh, and yes, Tracy, it is only for you. Okay, I was just wondering, because if not, that could be useful for somebody trying to make saves. <laughs> yeah, yes. that'd be great. Yes, it could. <laughs> um unless so for riley unless like actual bed rest for a long prolonged period of time is going to make any difference in the future in the um, afternoon go on if, if you if you rest all day mm -hmm. when you wake up tomorrow both points of con damage will be gone instead of just one. Oh well then even if he thought that the thing was cured then that's just a good idea anyway since that was two con damage so mm -hmm. yeah okay We'll do that. All right. Uh, so you rest all day. Um, Mr. Bourne will actually come up and visit you and make sure that you have some food and, and whatnot. And he lets you know that you and your friends are always welcome to stay here without charge. Uh, food and drink for all of you. Well, that's awfully kind. So if nobody has anything else? I'm bed resting, so I'm good. All right. It will be the next day Riley your your con damage is healed away hello but you have a strange dream uh, a bit, not quite a fever dream but it is odd there's a strange smell in the air and the words of the were rat that attacked you keep echoing in your head you smell like her you smell like her and, and there's that strange smell in the air and just shadows and, and like, kind of like you're blackout drunk and stumbling around trying to focus on anything but camp. Strange. Uh, when you wake up, make me a perception check. Ooh. Wow. You know, 
So this D20, this uh, hand-chosen D20 that fits Riley almost perfectly in terms of uh, a lot of things, has rolled about the sixth two of the evening, which brings me to an eight. Are you sure it's not baked wrong? <laughs> I, dude, uh, if I believed roll in rolling out of turn, I'd be rolling it just to check right now, but uh, I'm, I'm going to keep on uh, keep on trucking. Fuck it. All right. I think it would, it, it, you wouldn't notice anything right off the bat, despite how fucking, well, actually, what does that get you? <laughs> that gets me an eight, dude. <laughs> gets you an eight. I, I think it, it might not be immediately apparent, but by the time you got up, got out of bed, and were about to go meet with everybody, you would realize the pinky on your left hand is working again. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> Neat. He, he, like, flexes his hand a few times just to make sure that it's functioning properly. Uh, it, it still seems a little sore, but also looks quite healed. Huh. Looks like we don't need foresight for healing after all. Strange. <laughs> yes, that's great. Awesome. Okay. Now, this is the day we're supposed to leave town, right? Correct. So, yeah, I would be back in my traveling clothes and uh, armor and stuff. Uh, Lark did leave Mozart and the cart to the rest of you. Uh, he didn't take off with it. So... Um, before we uh, gear up to head out, uh, how far away is Starlight and what's our current time frame? Uh, Starlight is about of average travel, it's about two weeks away. So it is currently the 20th of Hish. Uh, if all goes well, you should arrive on the 4th of Approach. Okay. Which is uh, about 16 days from now. Okay. How many days before the New Year's is that? Um, that is... That is eight. No. Yeah, 28 days before uh, New Year's. And uh, remind me, is there a time that Clint needs to get back by? He he wants to get back so that he has enough time to set up an exhibition for, uh, the, for the celebrations. Because on about the 16th or the 17th of Approach things are going to be so goddamn hectic with everybody preparing and shipments and this, that, and the other that it, it's going to be hard to manage uh, if you arrive anytime before or after then. Okay. In that case, assuming that Riley like wakes up, does his morning routine and notices that like he actually doesn't feel any better, which I'm assuming he doesn't um, no. considering his, what he felt yesterday, he uh, would like to petition with Clint to at least uh, remain in town for one more day. Um, based on his physical health and his concern of uh, what this might entail for the future if he doesn't get rid of the disease. All right. Yeah, so basically you've got one day left of this. Uh, you can have it, like, you can take more medicine today and tomorrow if if more is found. Uh, but that's going to be, like, the end of your yeah. rope without magic. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Which is why, uh, which is why I'm kind of pushing for it, right? Yes, yes. Um, so if uh, Leaf doesn't mind helping me out in the morning again, 
administering the uh, the wolf's bane properly, hitting me up with some spells, and then again attempting a heal check because I know using heal to treat someone suffering from a disease, if they beat the DC of the disease, gives a nice hefty bonus to the saving throw on it. I can, That'd be great. I can try and assist. Sure. I'd love you forever. <laughs> I got you, buddy. So I would really hate to kill you if you turn into a werewolf. Uh, once again, two damage. Okay. 16 to assist. That, that would assist. Um, Leaf's roll. Alright, I need to make a heal check, right? Yes. <laughs> That's a 12. Uh, you will receive a plus two on your save from that, Riley. Okay. So then, let's see. So I have a base plus one right now. That's with reduced con. Get plus two from the heal check. Plus two from spells. That brings me to plus five. If I use charmed life for extra saving throw stuff, that brings me to a plus seven. How can I possibly fuck it up? By rolling a two. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a nine on the die. That brings me to a 16. All right. I mean, it's nasty as fuck. Gross. And you won't know till tomorrow. Yep. So go ahead and make the save against the poison. I'll use Charmed Life again for another plus two for plus three. And that brings me to an eight. An eight? An eight. All right. So, uh, you'll take another two con damage. Oh, this is disgusting. I feel worse than I did the day before. <laughs> give me give me another one. <laughs> okay, I'll use my last charmed life for the day since I'm probably gonna stay in bed, which just gives me a net plus two. Ooh, oh, okay. So that's a five in the die, which is a seven. That's great. We're gonna watch Riley die in front of our eyes. That's three con damage. Awesome. Good. Good. Great. Make another one. Oh, sod root. I thought you said cyanide. <laughs> um so assuming leaf like leaf and brock just administered this to me what are the chances that they're around when i'm like writhing in pain from the poison to like help um, given the first, yeah it runs its course in six minutes oh god you still have to make so many more of these well if they're still around they can help right yes with uh healing you're receiving uh, the plus two from resistance and guidance. Well, I think he's asking if we can make heal checks again to try and give oh, another. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you can help treat poison. Heal. Heal, heal, heal. That is another 12. That's a nine from me. Yeah. Okay. In fact, it's a standard action. So it'd be it'd be uh, pretty great if any of us could break a ten on these die rolls. That'd be pretty good. Just you know, just just throwing it out there. That that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd uh, be good. So what'd you get, Chris? <laughs> uh, let's see. What am I getting? A total of plus two right now, on top of my lowered fort. Because you're getting negative one from your con. Yes. Uh, uh plus two, and uh. I think you're getting a plus one. Okay, a net plus one. Got it. Oh, good. That's an eight. Let's go. Let's go the distance. Fuck it. That's another three. 
Awesome. Oh boy. Give me another. Give me another one. Give me more heals. Give me more heals. It did it as an 18. I got a 15. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll, we'll say that that's a net plus plus three. Net plus three. Okay. Ooh, that brings me to a 13 this time. Am I gonna fucking... Is he gonna fucking die? It seems that way. Oh, that's another three. You're sure I can't use my ability on him? You have one con left. How many more of these does he have to do? One more. If he if he doesn't pass, he dies. <laughs> Can I just stop poisoning him? It's the same <laughs> like, poison. The poison's already. Yeah, it's the same poison. Oh. You, you hit him with the one, and it just keeps hitting him till he till he saves. Oh my god. And the sod root won't help at this point. The, the sod root's just a stimulant. It just makes you feel less like crap. It doesn't actually help with the save. Oh, well, if I feel less like dying, that helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense put a band-aid on it. Man, I'm going to be really sad if this is how Riley goes out. I am too. Yeah, because Leaf. Leaf would have killed me, so. Leaf, <laughs> do you want to spend one of your uh, one of your hero points on him? I'll spend all of them. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have those. Uh, I think I oh, also I have, have hero one. points, too. I, I yeah. I, mine is also available. I mean, I also have one that I completely forgot about. So, assuming I can just use that to not die if I fuck up the last saving throw, you guys don't have to waste it. I mean, to be fair, Leaf has three, so... What? What? Where are those, even? Yeah. Okay. We need a new way to track them. Leaf never spent any of his. Well, bloody fucking da. Yeah. Bit of a hoarder. I've never spent any of mine. I've never spent any of mine either. Adira has two. Um, they don't have a special place in the sheet. I, Leaf, I, I forgot to put him in everybody else's. Leaf has his in his actions tab. Son of a bitch, you're right. Uh, I will get them in everybody's actions tabs by next time. What are the effects that those could do again? Riley, have all the dice. Yeah. There's a plus four after any roll, a plus eight to a roll beforehand, act out of turn, cheat death, cost two point, extra move or standard action, inspiration, okay. which is a GM Somebody, hint. Somebody give him the plus eight before. Yes, he's got it right now. He, he can have mine. <laughs> I'll save mine so that way he gets... You, you, you do have to be in the room. You, like, you do have to be there to give it to them. I can be there. Be I'm not fair. doing anything. Okay. <laughs> Five. Worst case yes. scenario, we just sell Riley to Taraxis. How many of them do I have? Uh, you should have two if you haven't spent any. I haven't spent I, any. I okay. actually gave Leaf one, uh, okay. so he has three. That's why he has three. So to, what we could do <laughs> is, assuming these things stack, I guess Sean can tell me we can't do that this if he wants, but we could just spend two of them and he'll get plus 16 to his yes. roll. Yes. Uh, I will allow it in this instance, <laughs> uh, which would auto-pack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will allow you to save this character. Yes, I think that's all. Oh, no, I meant like yes. I don't in every instance. No, I, I get you. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. You're good. Uh, but yeah, uh, that will auto pass <laughs> with your one remaining con. You will survive. You feel you are you feel like absolute and utter death. Right. Alive. <laughs> 
Riley just like reaches out to Leaf, like clutching his chest, like sweating like a fucking dog. And he's just like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. And then passes out. <laughs> oh my god. Um, emergency medical intervention. It hit the man with an <laughs> IV. I don't know. Yeah. Can, hey, can we make kill checks to make sure he's not gonna die? Hey, Sean, can I throw on the table since uh, since uh, everything that we've gone through to get over this? I know I rolled that last four to two save. I think it was a total of sixteen versus the disease. Can I spend my last zero point to add four to that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you want to make sure it's gone after that. Just to uh, uh I, I'll let you save your hero point. That was enough to pass. Okay, okay. You're, you're you're a good person, Sean. I know I give you a lot of shit, but that was very kind of you. <laughs> yeah. So you <laughs> you technically don't know till tomorrow. Yes. But you well, you, are, you like wrote. I'm still gonna have what like uh what six con tomorrow if it goes up from four. <laughs> so I'm still gonna feel like no, no, trash. No. That, that's your mod. Oh. You are currently at one constitution. Oh, that's worse. I'm gonna feel like if, utter garbage tomorrow. If, if you take any more con damage today, you die. Wow. Hmm. But by resting in the back of the cart, I'll let you get bed rest and you can recharge two a day. This is what and it's like to chew time... five gum. <laughs> <laughs> five gum black. Tastes like death. Um, oh my god. Well, do we have a uh, like a, a wagon? Does Clint have a wagon that his room to lay down in? Uh, you could shift shit around in y'all's cart. Because I, I I don't remember exactly, but I think medical treatment, if someone wants to spend the day tending to Riley, might help a little bit too, once we start uh, traveling. Yeah, it, would, it would double... If they pass the check, they, it will double the amount you heal. Assuming we can roll above up. a 10 on a d20, that'd still be good. Yeah, just watch this. So like me and Leaf are going to be all over that. Bam! Damn it. <laughs> Which, um... You get a 10 I'm... total at least. Yeah. My god. If it's almost like mistaken, a set on the die. This is disgusting. Heal. Oh, uh, yeah. Does, does a 17 let me feel confident in his not dying in front of us as he passes out? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, these rolls are atrocious. Um, which, so that way, as a character, way, Leaf, I don't start freaking out. Right. Leaf, uh, you could take 10 and treat him for long-term care. Uh, so as long as you spend the bulk of the day treating him. Yeah. Uh, you can help his healing. And I, I get bonuses when I take 10, I think. Uh, you get bonuses when you take 20. Shenanigans. <laughs> Which, that was uh, almost the funniest fucking thing to have ever happened to me at a tabletop game. <laughs> Heal me! The Morheim Guild, formerly known as Riley Morheim's company, formerly led by Riley Morheim. <laughs> I was panicking there for a minute. <laughs> Meta was too. When Sean said he had one con left. Yep. Yep. Well. Yep. 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 Great. Good. Yeah. These fucking yeah. dice are working out really well for me. It's great. It's good. I like them. I like them a lot. Fuck it. You might need to invest in new dice, man. I can't. It's too fitting. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if you haven't read the thing about why he chose that set of dice, like, go read that. It's on yeah. Riley lives or dies by these dice. They don't get retired oh, okay. until he's dead. 
They Which might be really. <laughs> they almost got fucking retired. I would have just sealed the fucking container they're in with like cement or something and <laughs> put it somewhere. Permanent the dice jail. Yeah. Here lies Riley Morheim and his dice, never to be touched again. It's like one of those government black sites that you never even you never hear about it. You don't know where it's at. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's just like they just disappear one day. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that was exciting. It was good. Oh man. Uh so Clint very worried for the leader of the guild formerly known as Riley Morheim's company in the back of the wagons as y'all travel along. Like y'all are done in town, right? Don't need nothing. I think we need to get this town as far behind us as possible. <laughs> Yeah, bef- before we left, I would have returned to the shrine and said bye to, I think her name was Tara, the Tara, the yeah. woman who was uh, Tara, the woman who was over it. But I would have basically just said, you know, bye and all that, and then uh, she would wish you fair travels and good luck. Other, other than that, no, nothing really in town that would be important. All right. Well, uh, unless anybody wants to do anything in particular over the next two weeks, Riley will recover. Ooh. Nice. That that's good news. I like hearing that. Doesn't turn into a were rat. He doesn't turn into a were rat, but y'all don't also, also technically don't know the trigger. Um, <laughs> doesn't feel like he's turning into a were rat. Hmm. Um, stops smelling weird shit. Uh, stops having weird dreams. Uh, well, actually, I think he'd have weird dreams for a while. If I tried to read his palm, could that tell me whether he's gonna turn into a were rat or not? Uh, sure. Go ahead. Uh, make the check. It's a sense motive, isn't it? Yes. Prognostication. Probably not capable of doing this. Wow, fantasy ground sucks. (laughs) This is so weird, because I usually roll well on fantasy ground. I can do this one every day, though. Yeah. So, roll again. Before we get too ahead of ourselves, Sean, there is something that I remembered that I need to accomplish or at least mention before as we're walking out, before we're walking out of town. Right. Talking to the party as they're probably like escorting me to the wagon to lay on as we travel. Riley will um, remember that uh, the um, owner of the inn, uh, Mr. Bourne, is still technically in debt. Can the party, especially since we've lost two members um, and I'm not... I'm not yet sure whether or not Clint exp- or is going to pay us um, for Foresight and Lark, but can the parties scrounge together 380 gold to help these guys get out of debt? Uh, if, if you'll remember, it would be less than that with uh, if it was pay- paid immediately. Oh, well, then whatever amounts would take to pay it off immediately. You already gave him 70, so it would be more like I think 230. Well, Riley has 150 to his name right now. What can we do to get this resolved? I mean, I'll throw in 100. Riley will match that. That leaves 30. I can cover the other 30. Boom. Sold. So yeah, probably as they're as the party's escorting Riley out, um, so- still suffering from his significant conjuring, he'll mention that uh, the Bourne family's still in debt, and we'll just try to get everyone together to... Uh, Say one final farewell to Mr. Bourne and hand him a fucking sack of gold. <laughs> he would give you a fucking hug. All right, not too hard. I'm still in a lot of pain. I, I, I'm 
I'm so sorry. But thank you, all, all of you. You're all welcome here, anytime, day or night. Anything I can do. Hey, Mr. Bourne. Question. About a month ago, do you remember a group of Callistrians traveling through town? Uh, yes, uh, about half of their number stayed in my inn, in fact. Was there a woman who fits this description? And Riley will just kind of spit out Victoria's description. Pale complexion, long, straight black hair, that sort of thing. Uh, yes, uh, there was. Uh, I remember seeing her because she was one of the only two that wore white and yellow instead of black and yellow. Interesting. She left with them, right? Yes, uh, they all they all came in. They, they stayed about a day and a half and, and went on their way. She was a nice girl. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Thank you, Mr. Bourne. Not a problem, uh, Mr. Morheim. I hope to see you again someday. And uh, as do I, Mr. Bourne. Remember, it's Riley Morheim and the Morheim Guild. We will be at your service now and in the future, whenever we return. Take care of yourself and your daughter. I will. Thank you. And uh, I guess we leave, dude. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I would like to point out, I love that you went all around town asking people, hey, have you seen this woman? And the guy in charge of the place you were staying at was like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that is. It's it's something both me and Riley, I think, thought of only at that particular moment. <laughs> it was good. So, um, Adira, on the third day, still unsuccessful in... Uh, or actually, would Riley be attempting to help her? I've only made two rolls. You've made three. No, you've okay. You've made two. All right, but I've rolled for three days. So, um, would Riley be trying to help her? What's oh, there's no way he's fighting this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So never mind. Never mind them. You get through two days of this shit without uh without pinging off of him, uh, and then you get your thingamajig. So I have to roll for uh whether it works or not in the Ooh, first place. Thingamajig check. I love those. Those yeah. are my favorite. Ooh, rolling for thingamajig. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh it's it's um what's it called? Augury. Uh and you're trying to figure out whether or not he is going to become a were rat and you come back with wheel. Uh meaning in this instance that no, he will not become a were rat. Riley! Yes. You're cured. I still kind of feel like my insides are melting a little bit, but that is good news. No were rats for you. Yes, really seems like I dodged the bolt on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, my child, Brock... I am listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brock changed his name from Brock Leonhard to <laughs> Brock Leonhard, Riley Morheim's Guild, formerly Riley Morheim's Company, formerly... Fortunately, still led by Riley. Yeah. I'll just I'll throw it out there. It should still it should pop up in the bottom. Yeah, floor. it's fucking. Oh, what a hero! What a hero! Give this man a hero point. Uh, I uh, yeah, you can have a hero point, Brock. There, there you go. Have a hero point. Uh fucking hell. Uh <laughs> All right. So over the course of gaining. Getting four points back a day. Over the course of about half a week, 
Riley will recover with the aid of Leaf and those else taking care of him. And without much else going on, I think you all get a little better acquainted with each other. Just as time goes on and traveling on the road for two weeks does to a guild of people. Eventually, you'll be traveling and in the distance see Starlight, the city that lives up to its name as a sparkling void in the woodlands of Noctis. It almost looks like the night sky at a distance come down to the horizon, but as you approach, you see that every street and building is bedecked with these glistening crystals that shine with an inner light. At every gate, it would be noticed uh, most certainly by Brock. Upon the gates and walls, symbols of Desna are scrawled and painted that despite her being a goddess of travels, uh, people seem to truly think this place is blessed by her. Okay, so uh, so we've been traveling for like two weeks. We finally uh, see starlight in the distance, and it's obviously this great wonder. And I mean, uh, I don't know if anyone else in the party has ever been here before, but Riley's probably enthralled just seeing it in the distance. Um, probably even more so as we approach. But um, the, uh, the, the one question that I would like to ask Sean is... Um, Considering we've been traveling for two weeks, I think like several weeks ago, I out of game sent you a story um, that I would have liked to have shared with the party. And I think this is a good time to do it at the campfire at some point, though it's your choice. Absolutely. If you want me to do it now in front of a live audience or if you'd like me to record it on the side to insert into this tale so that we can actually enter Starlight. I would love if you did it now. We'll get everybody's feedback and stuff. And Okay. So we'll, we'll call this... Uh, about a week back, uh, halfway along your travels, and y'all are setting up to camp for the night. So, um, yeah, during at camp, around the campfire, probably uh, sometime after Riley returns to his full strength and has thanked everyone uh, so much for their assistance in um, seeing him through that troubling time and making sure that he doesn't or didn't become uh, afflicted with lycanthropy. Um, sitting around the campfire uh, in maybe a, a bit of a lull at conversation when uh, everyone kind of finishes uh, talking and begins drifting into silence. Riley will uh, stand up and clear his throat and um, gesture towards Adira and say, uh, Adira, I know it's been some time since the we encountered the Flying Highwayman. <laughs> Seems like an incredible time ago. But... After that encounter, you had asked me about my father. Uh, I had mentioned that the highwayman, his combat style, reminded me a lot of what I've learned and saw in my father. And um, I, I think tonight's a good chance or a good opportunity for me to share a little bit about the man, uh, a nice little story. I, I admit I could talk at some great length about my father, Verit Morheim. His life, it forged many trails upon these lands. But if you all don't mind, this evening I would like to focus on my father's youth. I promise there's a point to this story in the long run. I hope you'll humor me. And he looks upon the party, waiting for their approval. Oh, I love a good story. Let's go. Okay. So, um, Riley will uh, draw the rapier from his sides. 
and uh, begin pacing around the party at the campfire. And he says, My father's name was Verit Morheim, native born to the lands of Solaria. As a child, his wanderlust meant he spent more time exploring the streets and rooftops of the sprawling city than he did seated with his family at home. On more than one occasion, my grandfather had to alert the guards that my father, for sure this time, had found himself trouble and gone missing. But, of course, every time my father would return upon his own record. You see, my father, Verrett, fancied himself, uh, fancied trying to outmaneuver those seeking him, like a game of hide-and-go-seek. And while telling me these stories, he explains that he would let his desire for fun outweigh the promise of punishments he would have to endure upon his eventual return home, and, of course, the worry he would cause his parents. As a teen, Verrett wanted little more than to see a world beyond cobble streets and buildings. He so wished to travel dirt roads, to get lost in woodlands, to climb mountain peaks and yell so that his voice would carry across the world. However, his dreams of adventure were waylaid. His parents had different ideas for his future to take over his father's carpentry business, and both had grown quite exhausted of his antics. Yet, the more they tried to rein him home, the more he struggled, and the more he struggled against them, the deeper he descended into a darker lifestyle. Theft, drugs, arson on a couple of occasions. Yes, in telling me these stories and in hearing others from my mother, I know there is nothing simple or easy to a hero's life. That greatness is often set in motion through deep darkness, for it was my father's falling from his tentatively lawful lifestyle into one of petty crime and debauchery that led to his warrants for arrest, and later to his fleeing of the cities of Solaria. The details hereafter are vast and follow my father's stint as a wanted criminal and vagabonds, but the story I'd like to focus on tonight begins with Verrett traveling a remote road that rounded some woodlands. He had recently taken from a farmhouse supplies and a horse. He named the horse Rainfeld I, uh, his choice, of course, and on his travels to put distance between himself and the place of his most recent theft, he came across an upturned wagon, its beasts of burden slaughtered and left to decay. You know, friends, there's a motto for those with nothing to their name but the open worlds, and that motto is never ignore opportunity. Although the wagon had been picked clean, Verrett did find himself a knife, a pair of gloves that could fetch a few silver, and a young halfling woman hiding underneath the wreckage. She watched him, eyes heavy with terror, clutching some disorganized leather-bound book. Ah, yes, miss said Verrett as he turned his attention from her and back to sifting through the wagon. I see what problem your wagon is. Your horses have expired. She, of course, did not respond, and he did not address her again. Having cleared the wagon of what little remained, Verrett returned to Rainfeld the first. But before he could resume his journey, he found that the halfling woman had left the wagon and was standing at the side of the road, book clutched against her chest, staring at him. He bid her best of luck with her travels and rode off. Of course, some time later, a brief monologue with Rainfeld I led to Verrett's conscience getting the best of him, and it was only moments thereafter that he returned to find her seated on the grounds, crying softly to herself. 
a hopeless little dirge for the enjoyment of the woodlands. From that point, the two traveled together for some time. The halfling, she hardly spoke, never offered her name, and said nothing of her past. Try as he might, Veritz couldn't shake her from his side. His hard words and harsh actions did nothing to deter her companionship. And the few times he tried to leaving her behind, his monologue with Rainfeld I always got the better of him. In the end, he named her Quiet for obvious reasons, and she never once objected or offered an alternative. From the way my father told this story, it became clear that Verrett eventually took to appreciate the simple comforts of companionship. Perhaps he never before realized how loneliness turns the air cold and numbs the hearts of men through quiet, simple comforts. My father would say, it's a slow way to die, being alone. He accepted her company as she offered, months of travel after their meeting in the woods. His monologues with Rainfeld I became dialogues with someone who spoke with precision, as if never wanting to waste a breath. His evenings had more purpose than simply cooking, sleeping, and paranoia. There were then stories, harmless jokes, concern for another, and if my father's words are to be believed, they were filled again with dreams for the first time since leaving Solaria. Quiet, too, after these months changed in Verrett's company. She began speaking occasionally, helping him take care of Rainfeld I, and was setting up camp. She wrote in the book she carried, and even in seldom learned to smile. By this time, Verrett no longer pressed her about her history, and cared little about the content of her book. Those were hers to keep. Indeed, my friends, greatness is found often through immense despair, and it's here I take this tale to its conclusion. You see, Verrett and Quiet's journey brought them to a small farming community in which Verrett made quick work at talking himself and his companion into free room and board in exchange for manual labor. Their travels by this time had been long and straining. Verrett thought he and his, Verrett thought he and his companion could use some simple comforts for a time. Unfortunately, a few days into their stay, the community was set upon by bandit marauders. The farmers, their wives, their children, slaughtered. Verrett was a smart man, crafty, cunning, and carried a survival instinct that had kept him alive and free for over a year by this time. As the bandits sacked the community, Verrett made haste to find quiet and Rainfeld I, knowing that fleeing would be their only chance of survival. But on that day, the halfling did not want to run. Verrett yelled, begged, threatened to leave her, but her words were, as always, quiet and concise. We cannot leave these people. My father described her eyes as holding an insane resolve. He always knew she had lost people from the incident in which he found her, and maybe she found the attack on the farming community as her chance for revenge or to make right a past wrong, or to prove some sort of power upon herself. Regardless, she forced Verrett's hand as she moved towards the bandits and garnered their attention. This time, it didn't take a monologue with a horse for Verrett to know he had to stand at her side. My father said he made quick peace with his past, with his parents, and with any gods that would listen as he drew forth his blade. Riley at this point, makes a quick spectacle of brandishing his father's rapier. 
Veritz stepped in front of the halfling between her and the bandits. And from this point, in the midst of the conflict, Veritz dodging, parrying, and striking against their assailants, Quiet opened her book and spoke with such spirits and force that it lit Veritz's heart aflame, though he did not fear death. Her words inspired him instead to fear failure. For you see, Quiet had been a bard her power stemming from writing, from words, and from recitation, and she offered all the strength she carried to Veret and his blade. At this point, Riley sheathes his rapier, letting a moment of silence pass. Quiet was killed in the encounter. She was never a fighter, never made of sturdy things. My father says she died quickly, but in reflecting, on the way he said that, I think perhaps Veritz had taken upon himself all the pain of her death, so somehow she wouldn't feel it. The bandits in the end claimed the farming community. Veritz had lost his only real friends, but in that sacrifice, Veritz was able to lead a small portion of that community to safety, using every ounce of strength he had left to take Quiet's body and her book with him. My father said that he never read that book. It was hers to share, and in death, hers to keep. Though, he'd never forget the words she said during that fight, or how her voice boomed in ways he hadn't thought possible for such a small creature. Riley clears his throat, allowing another moment of silence to pass, and then says, We will find in the waters trails of memories drawn away, away. The reflections they linger and taste like mildew on a honeysuckle. In the unending days of the sun's brilliant stroke, I will see you again. In the waters where we find drifting memories pulled away, away, like reflections. They linger as long as we look, as long as we want. Longing is forever, like the sun's brilliance, like the taste of honeysuckle. I will see you again in the water's reflections. Another moment of silence. Riley says, There's a reason I asked to tell this tale. A reason I save seats for others at large tables. A reason for people to talk to each other. My father, Veritz Morheim, he knew quiet, but he never knew of her deeply. One brief moment in the span of a lifetime changed his course, his entire course, because he had met her. And that's, my friends, that's why we speak to others. That's why I seek company. We will never learn from each other if we do not talk. We will never know each other if we do not share stories. And an unknown life, my friends, is one that cannot be carried by others. An unknown life is one that is finite and unimportant. To love is to carry another in your heart for as long as you live, I believe this, and to share of them with the others that you meet. My father carried quiet, and through him, so do I. And now, as do you. My company. Riley gives a brief bow and reclaims his seat at the campfire. Start clapping. Polite. You were a lucky man to have such a father. Yes, yes, I was. My mother and I both. The world, in fact, was lucky 
to have witnessed that man. The ability to tell tales like that, uh, you might have some potential as a bard yourself. <laughs> Riley chuckles. As much as I'm sure you've noticed that I enjoy talking, there's much of my efforts are focused on my swordsmanship. My father was a great swordsman. There's little more I wish to be. Well, perhaps you can share the better traits of your father and of quiet. Perhaps, and I hope you agree that I'm on the right path in doing so. If you stray, we'll carry you on our backs. <laughs> As I'm sure you already have. And uh, Riley's just like, uh, kind of like, not looking down at his lap, but not really looking at the others in the party at this point. Uh, probably a little uh, unlike how he usually interacts with people. And he gets another hero point. After everybody's kind of quiet and you're just sitting there by yourself, Brock would actually get up, walk over to you, and just kind of put his shoulder, like a hand on your shoulder, and he would just be like, thank you for that story. And he would he would kind of walk off. Uh... <laughs> Riley will uh, call out after Brock and say simply thank you for the friendship uh, he would look over his shoulder and he would just be like anytime and he's going to go sit by himself with the card nice over the two weeks that we were traveling I've been able to actually craft my thing more, more yeah I, I'm, I'm going to say it's it's done You've Okay. Done it. It, it is now a part of your necklace yay and with the lot of you now arriving at starlight you head into the streets which bustle to a degree that few of you have seen before riley it's no great surprise to you coming from the greatest city in the world in terms of size and population but to the rest of you it may bring some level of awe as to the sheer number of people here the buildings tower above you these crystal stars that align every street and rim every building glitter above and around you the stones used to build some of the tallest of these structures reaching over a dozen stories in the air is dark and strong obviously shaped with magic to some extent Whereas the lower buildings seem to take on more traditional construction methods and more conventional materials, they are still well-made and they are uh, gem-encrusted nonetheless. The city of Starlight surrounds you as your two carts slowly make way through the streets to a large building, a two tall stories in height and very wide. Clint rides up to a gate, opening it and leading you behind this large building in its fenced-off area. He will take you to the back door of the museum, which bears his name, and say, Well, everyone, we're here. Let's get everything unloaded, and I'll get you your payments. Yes, absolutely, and I... After all this time, I certainly look forward to seeing the museum that you have here. Thank you very much. Uh, I think uh, we can take a break after one cart's done and take a tour if you'd like. Absolutely. And as a note, by the time you've reached Starlight, 
you have left the region of the storm cliffs and are no longer is no longer raining constantly nor consistently in fact the sky is wide and open to the stars and to the moon the light of the moon bearing down on every facet of the city feeding in to its aesthetic of a night sky the group unloads various things from a cart and are shown around he has things from nearly every region and many things that are hundreds if not thousands of years old rock would be all over that he would ask questions about everything anything i recognize a little bit yes um there are a few old helosian relics nothing extremely important uh, but they, you do recognize, like, that they were popular styles of pottery in your time and such things as that. He says that he has even more, uh, of course. He motions to one section of the museum as to where he prepares relics for being put on display and for being restored if they need it. And he says he has much more in there that's not yet seen uh, the front of the museum, but he, he has quite a good deal, uh, and certainly what we've received here will be good for a special exhibit, and uh, we'll go into my regular rotations. But while we're waiting here, uh, taking our rest, uh, please uh, feel free to use any of the benches and, and couches and whatnot to rest, and I will go collect payments. I think Adira would want to comb over anything that's not on display, looking for anything from Helios. She's, she keeps an eye out for something in particular. All right. Uh, what is it that she's looking for? To see if her jewels have turned up that she sent with Malachi. Uh, no, they have not. Uh, not here, at least. Uh, there are some sets of jewelry, though they are obviously not of royal level. Right. And certainly not yours. But, like, I feel like that's something she would look for at every museum, antique shop, that kind of thing that she came across. Right. Is there anything in particular that Brock is looking for? Is he just going over everything? No, Brock's whole thing is he just kind of wants to, you know, he wants to know about the world. So if there's anything that looks like, hey, that stands out, he'd be like, what's the story behind it? Uh, there are a few things that stand out particularly. Namely, he has a large, um, in his paleological uh, exhibit, there is a large skeleton of a dragon whose bones have turned to stone. And he, he, go, he during the tour, would have explained to you that the bones sat in the earth so long that they became one with the earth uh, until they were excavated. Uh, and now that, now they rest here in his museum and you feel an odd sense from these bones they are made of stone but at the same time they are not and it just feels weird to you i would try and like i don't know concentrate on it to see if like i can feel anything just in general i guess i mean i don't know i'm not doing anything Okay, go ahead and make me a constitution check. A constitution check? Just black on? Yes. 
22. You focus on it, and you realize it has almost like a magnetic feel to it. And you you focus your power. It seems to connect to it. To which a small portion of this power breaks off and floats down toward you. And you don't really feel any different other than a slight warmth for a moment. But you will have a new hero point. And I will put something in your inventory. So now when you say it breaks off, like is that like a physical thing or just like a feeling of energy? No, it, it's 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 like an energy sort of thing. Okay. Um, I would ask him to tell me like about this dragon if he knows anything about the actual living creature, or if all he knows is that the bones are just one of the other. He would remark that based on the skull structure and the horns, uh, that it is most likely a golden dragon. But other than that. Yeah, he is unsure. I don't know if I, do I even know anything about golden dragons at all? Um, do you have knowledge arcana? <laughs> no. Then if you make a 10, you know that there are golden dragons. <laughs> I, man, I really wish I had that. Uh, I, I guess I got it. I guess it adds up to a 10. But okay, I know at least about golden dragons. Uh... Hmm. That is just, just just so everybody knows. Um, Chris is making like, "Are you fucking serious?" posts in the chat. <laughs> Dude, I'm like sitting here in silence, grinding my teeth with the ugliest expression <laughs> on my face, and those two fucking nineteens. <laughs> I just want to say I'm a con-based class. If I don't roll good on con, then what am I even doing here? Yeah, 19 in the die. Where was that when you were doing heal checks for me? God, Jesus. I was getting good rolls on your heal checks. He just wasn't motivated. Yeah, clearly. You were, the, you were the one who were rolling twos, thank you very much. Okay, listen, I'm sorry that I can't be as fancy as your fucking stone dragon bones, alright? So I'm just a man. You know, you go get your rocks off however you want. I, uh, I'm gonna turn off Discord and restart it right quick because everybody's distorting now. Oh no. And it's getting worse. Wow, that means wow. I can get a beer. So, okay, good. You do that. That's very ambiguous. I don't know what to make of that. I, I will, I will grant, uh, the, this, this bit here. Aside from magic, uh, there should be no way this world is old enough to produce fossils. Oh. Would, now, would that be something that a Brock would know. Probably not. Okay. Like I, I feel like because the world's not old enough, really nobody knows. Okay. There, there are very specific subsections of bones made of stone in this world. So then, technically, that in itself would be weird, because fossilization would need to be a concept to us. Right. Most people are under the assumption that they were. Uh, petrified or some sort of magical thing happened. Oh yeah, then I'm definitely going to be all over this. This is just some ancient dragon bones. This is one-in-a-kind dragon bones. Right. And it's pretty big. It's size... It's it. If it were alive, it would constitute a size huge dragon. Oh, fine. Uh, then yeah, I would be... I mean, I don't really have anything. I, I, actually, one thing I could do is I would use Tremor Sense on it. 
much as to kind of see the whole thing, I guess, as much as I could. But I don't know if that would really give me anything. But that is a thing he would do. Uh, you essentially get an X-ray of it. Like you would know where all the, um, where all like the voids are, like inside of its brain case and and stuff like that. You would also see that there are actually a few bones that show up as a lot more solid and are actually glued on like sections, like their restorations. Hmm. But for the most part, the skeleton is actually intact. Well, I would go on about how this is absolutely fascinating. But yeah, honestly, like if if this came like across, that he would stop looking at other stuff. Like this would be, like he would just be. Like, mechanically, I don't think there's anything else I can do to examine this thing. But, like, character-wise, he was just kind of fascinated by this. Alright. Go ahead and make me a perception, actually. With stone cunning. Uh, 15, then. So, like, looking it over, you you would realize that those parts that you found that were, uh... That were replacements, like, they were fake? Yes. Constitute the opposite ends of a couple sections of ribcage... And you come to a horrifying conclusion. Oh, God. Whatever likely killed this dragon was big enough to fit the bulk of its ribcage in its mouth. Or I'll, I'll share that information with Clint if he didn't already know that whatever killed this thing had to have obviously bitten into it. Like, the whole thing. Uh, he would say he hadn't thought of that before. He just thought that some of the bones were broken. And... That's, that's a very intriguing theory. So that, uh... Man, what size would that have to be to put a huge creature in your mouth? A gantuan? Uh, depends on the the jaw set of the creature, honestly. I guess it would. But yeah, I would say whatever, whatever killed this dragon had to have been able to fit the entirety of it almost in its mouth. Which is strange that, uh... If that's possible that so much of the, uh... The skeleton remains intact. Maybe it was killed just to kill it. Well, that is honestly a little scarier. Well, Clint will come back with your pay and says, well, with everything that's happened uh, and the loss of two of your members, uh, they're not here to get paid, I suppose. Uh, I, I've divvied this up uh, in a way I think appropriate and he will he will hand you each um, 10 adamantine coins oh Ooh. we can load these into slings and bypass DR that's awesome now <laughs> here's the question Sean on these sheets there's platinum mithril and adamantine but uh, you always mithril and adamantine are the same amount Mithril is just lighter. Uh, mithril is used for shipping money, mostly. So then this is equal to a thousand gold pieces? Yes. Ten adamantine is a thousand gold. You've all been paid. I won't make you sit through the monotony of unloading the carts. It, are, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I was looking forward to it, but fine. Oh, well, fine. I would probably ask Leaf how long he planned to stay in town before he tried to return with his lumber. Well, I suppose that depends on uh, how everything shakes out with actually obtaining the lumber. 
I didn't know if you wanted to stay for the New Year's celebration or not. Possibly. That being said, the less time spent in town, uh, the better, given uh, the vision, I suppose. Well, I guess I will try to find a room, a place to stay somewhere, and let you know where I'll be at. So when you're ready to head back, I want to help make sure that your brother gets the stuff. Well, we'll certainly have to make sure he gets this lumber delivered. But I also seem to have found myself volunteering for a secondary obligation to Riley. So uh, uh, perhaps there's still more to be worked out as far as this lumber delivery. Okay, well, just let me know. All right, so you all get paid. Clint says that you're uh, welcome at the museum when it opens, uh, which will be probably in about a week. If you can't find somewhere to stay, he actually has, like, a decent section uh, of livable space in uh, next to the uh, museum uh, that he could offer you. It would be cramped for everybody, but he knows that around this time of year it gets uh, pretty crowded and there's, like, uh, reservations in a lot of the inns and whatnot. Well, I, I think residing next to the museum and uh, keeping close with Clint for our time in Starlight sounds like a splendid idea, especially since he's uh, apparently offering it for free. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's that's the kicker right there. Yes, though he 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 would hope that you still go out and attain food on your own and whatnot. Yes, he yes, keeps of course. Rather modest keepings of his own. We, we will keep ourselves alive. Thank you. All right. And so he'll, he'll show you his place. And it really, like you said, it doesn't really have space for everybody, but you could cram in and it's indoors. Uh, it's a it's a relatively like modest little like four room house. Yeah, I mean, cram- go ahead. Oh, no, you can go because that's your, your thing's actually relevant to this. Oh, I was only gonna say that cramped doesn't matter. We can we can squeeze in wherever as long as it's uh, as long as we can sleep there and um, it's free. <laughs> yeah. Riley, Riley's all about the cuddling. <laughs> Halfway to being murder hobos. What? Cut the hobo part down. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this the letter that I got that told me that. Uh, my friends were in town. Did they actually tell me which inn they were at, or did they tell me they were in town? It, it just told you they were in town. Okay, so it told me where to go. No. Okay, then I will save hunting them down for later. You, you feel like, given the way it was worded, they didn't want to disclose too much in the terms of details. Okay. Alright. So, with everybody cramming into clint's house for the evening i think that is where we will leave it and we will come back on the fifth of approach next time on the eternal podcast hi this is tracy the voice of a deer i would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast it's called dustrous we have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern-day teenager from Detroit, dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. 
I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustress Podcast. And we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexgridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, zone you guys probably like wouldn't. the zone. Everywhere. You guys, where you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. And until next time, everyone, may the Eldritch Gods haunt your dreams.